Hello, hello, this is Tracy Harrell, and welcome to Bigger Than Me. Each week, we focus on how to achieve your definition of success and happiness. On Bigger Than Me, we bring together a combination of ageless wisdom, the latest research, and engaging interviews with amazing people who are sharing their stories to help each of us achieve our full potential. Your journey to transformation begins right now. Let's do this. All right, people, let's do this. I'm so excited today. Today, today we're continuing our number two of a conversation that I am so grateful to have with my niece, Dasha Harrell, who graduated yesterday from college. Uh, We're actually doing a community commencement. This is a sharing of life lessons. This is an opportunity for us to really pour into my niece. Dasha, I'm going to have you introduce yourself and tell us, tell the audience, what did you tell me and why are we doing this? And you're muted. (laughs) Take two. So hello, my name is Dasha Harrell, as Tracy stated, I'm her niece. Um, We had a conversation and I told her that I don't always like being the smartest person in the room. I wanted the opportunity to surround myself with individuals who had priceless knowledge to share with me and were willing and eager to do so. So she set up this forum for me and I'm beyond grateful for it. Um, I graduated yesterday um, from UNC Pembroke with my bachelor's in sociology um, and I'm a mother and a full-time employee as well. And something that I've learned along the way of my personal growth journey is that you have to be okay with the decisions that you make. If you constantly go through life trying to make decisions to appease other people, you will never feel full within yourself. So just making sure first and foremost that you're okay with your decisions and then going on to look for other people's approval second. Y'all, that's my niece right there. (laughs) That's my niece. That's my mini me. That is the closest thing that I have to a daughter. I need y'all to know. She looks more like me than her than you look like your mom. Is that true? I do. That's my mini me. Okay, so let me just be. And I have to admit, full disclosure, I got a, I got a therapist on the line. I've always been afraid to have children. It was like the greatest fear. This idea of having a a, a thing that you cannot control the outcome. Yikes. So thank you for all those who poured into you. Thank you for all the ways that you, you just make me so proud today. So I'm just, I'm excited to to, to have this conversation. Whew. And actually, actually, I just wanted to say to you, what thrills me the most is for you to say at your age, turning 25 on December 11th, for you to actually say, I want others to pour into me. Congratulations to you for having that heart. You don't know what you just did. You realize you got the wrong one. You, you can't say that to somebody <laughs> like me and I'm all about knowledge and information. You know, I'm about to, you're gonna have to tell me, okay, Trace, I got enough knowledge. I got enough of your people. I got enough of that. Cause now it's officially on like poppy corn. So this is really the kickoff of a book. So I started writing a book. Dr. Tart was with me three years ago. We started this show, It's Bigger Than Me. Right, and we were doing it for to write this book, and we got all these nuggets. But I gotta tell you, I wrote one version of it, but now with you, we're gonna get to write a new version, the one that would be my gift to you. And so I'm super excited about that. So mwah. thank you, thank you, thank you. One of my favorite people that we have on this call, and all of you are just so amazing. But Dr. Jerry Bertrand, I have to start with you because you've been with us on this journey since the very beginning. So what introduce yourself if you can, and then can you tell us? What little nugget? What is that one nugget coming from a psychotherapist, a mother, and a your grandmother too? Oh yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> what would you share with Dasha today and those watching? Hi everybody, it's good to be on the show again. For those who have not met, it's great meeting you guys. And Tasha, congratulations again, happy birthday, and and congratulations as a new mother uh, or as a mother. Uh, I am a psychotherapist here in Central Florida. I have been in private practice now for 21 years and have worked in other in the other arenas. But the one thing that I would want to say uh, is that in terms of just being a mother, it is. It's a, it is a wonderful experience. Oftentimes it can be scary. But I loved the statement that you made about being uh, recognizing that you have to make decisions for yourself and be convicted. So that's one of the words that I want to use, be convicted to the decisions that you're making. 
And another is don't be afraid to make, make mistakes. We aren't perfect. And since you're open now to say that you want to, as you're developing, and congratulations for, for being into in sociology as well, um, because that I think it will give you a number of life, life lessons as you go on your journey in your career or whatever, but um, be focused and deliberate. Dear heart, don't ever, ever forget God. Put him first in everything. And as you move forward, just know that you can forever turn to him because his word says that I'll never leave you or forsake you. So there you go. Mm, mm, love it, love it, love it. See, head's nodding like, mm-hmm. <laughs> I love it. Doc, uh, Rachel Green, can you share your uh, lesson learned, introduce yourself again, and then share your uh, a lesson learned with Dasha? Absolutely. I'm Rachel Green. I'm an international best-selling author for the um, compilation series Ignite the Modern Goddess. I'm also a senior program and project manager for a fintech firm here in Chicago. And the biggest life lesson I have learned is do not, we, we talk a lot about our physical being, but I, I want to tell you, Dasha, do not be afraid to be rich. Sometimes people say, you know, money is the root of all evil, or, you know, if you're rich, you lose your soul. Don't buy into that. And it's okay to be rich. As a matter of fact, um, work to be rich. Mm-hmm. And rich is rich in financially, rich spiritually, rich physically. You you live the best life you can live and do not be afraid to succeed. Oh, I love that. Do not be afraid to succeed. Everything is possible, right? I mean, I think that's that's huge, huge. Uh, Miss Jessica Bobadija, I'm going to have you introduce yourself and tell us a life lesson learned that would benefit the universe. Well, hi again, Dasha. And hi, everyone, um, including those that I haven't met. Um, but um, I am an immigration and human rights attorney. I've been practicing 18 years. And um, I have my own practice for 13 years. And I've also worked, uh, taught law school for a while. And I also worked for a, a major nonprofit in that area. Um, and I think that I said some other things on the last panel, but I think something that I didn't think of is, um, you know, I saw another quote that said that, you know, people will tell you who you are, don't believe them. I think that's really true, that you need to define who you are. And I think that society often tries to put certain labels on us and will try to limit us based on those labels. Like, for example, I'm a single mother. So that evokes certain thoughts in certain people's head. Um, and, you know, people have all kinds of preconceived boxes and stereotypes in their head. It's just not letting those really uh, permeate who you are and deciding what you're going to be and what you're going to forge forward, no matter what people tell you that you should be or what you are. The other thing I think is travel as much as possible, not right now, but obviously when it's safe, um, if you get an opportunity to, to travel, I'd say take it if you can work it out. Because I, um, I almost didn't go to a wedding that was abroad in 2018. Now there's COVID, the country's at war. It's part of where my ancestral roots are. It was an amazing experience, and I'm so happy I went because I don't even know if I will be able to go in the next five years or so. You know what? It's, it's so it's so awesome that you said that because you know Ken and I did a, a European vacation a couple years ago, and my sister Dasha, your mother, we invited her and we invited my mom to go, and they were like, ah, "It's kind yeah. of rough out there," you know. There's always something in the way. There's right? always something yeah. happening, but now I wouldn't, you know. We, we're not even welcome in Europe. We went to Spain, London, Portugal. It was amazing. I mean, it was freaking insane. And it's like, if you can travel, it changes who you are. It basically changes your perspective. It changes your life locally, but definitely internationally. Um, see as much as you possibly can. Yeah. Love that one. Mm -hmm. Thank you for that. I'm going to go to Miss Lanika. Lanika Shelley, can you introduce yourself and uh, share another lesson learned? Sure. Hi, everyone. Again, um, I am Lanika Nichelle Williams. Please call me Shelly. I'm also known as the Bounce Back Queen. I'm a motivational speaker, author, mentor, life cheerleader. Um, last time I had shared that the my biggest life lesson I learned was that we have three, we all have three things in common, talents and gifts, uh, purpose and challenges. So I think the the next biggest thing I can think is never settle. Do not settle. Know your worth. Know what you want. 
know who you are and don't accept nothing less than that. Oh, drop the mic. Love it. Love it. Love it. Okay. We have a special guest joining us. There's some, some male energy, some masculine energy that's flowing into this space. Um, I invited several gentlemen to join us and we're going to have multiple sessions with this call, but today we have coach A.M. Williams and Dasha, the reason I invited him, each person came on for a particular reason. Um, but coach is a results coach. He's all about results and getting results. So coach A.M., why don't you get your thoughts? I know you're married. Uh, do you have children? Do you have children, Coach A.M.? Yes, I have one daughter. She's 23 years old. Okay. So as a parent, three years as, old. as a husband, can you share with us who you are and then tell us any advice you'd share with Dasha that would be in that either relationship or parenting uh, space? Coach, well, I first of all like to say congratulations. It's an amazing achievement that you have um, embarked upon. I think it's an amazing opportunity to see yourself um, in the in the perspective on through the filter and God created you to be. He didn't create you to play small. He created you to play bigger. And that's where we get into the thing of results. But the key to getting results is really this simple. Guard your personal power. Guard your personal power. Because within your personal power, lies the ability to control how you think about yourself, the outcomes you produce, and the income you make. That all comes through the lens of personal responsibility. If you ever give that power to anyone else, if you ever give that over to anyone else, they have your power. And you cannot change your life if someone else has that power over you. So take personal responsibility for the way you think about yourself, the outcomes you produce, and the income you make, and you will find yourself in a state of limitless. Oh, a state of limit, limitless possibilities. Heads are nodding on that one too, AM. That's that's another amen corner moment. <laughs> Tasha, you like that one? You like a ball, right? <laughs> I love it. So Tasha, unmute un 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 yourself real quick. Sometimes you act shy, but I like that you're... Uh, out of your beautiful shell here. And then you woke up today with a bit of a headache and I like that you're powering through. So thank you for that. I appreciate it. But you said you had a migraine this morning. Yeah, I've been having issues with my lymph nodes. They're a little swollen, so they're pressing up against some things. <laughs> but <laughs> I, I think my commitments. <laughs> Oh, I love that. I love it. I love it. So is there any topic we had, you had five or so topics. We got, we got 40 minutes in this conversation. So I wanted to find out how you wanted me to order this. We can talk about relationships. We could talk about again, more parenting. We talked about spirituality, career. Is there any particular topic you want us to address? Um, so more specifically, I want to focus in on career wise with me being a recent college graduate. There's just so many options of industries I can go into. And with my degree being in sociology, it's more of a broad degree. Like I can kind of go on a lot of different paths. So just how did you guys determine what you wanted to go into when you first embarked on your career? I love that question. And what, what I also love about it is, Dasha, you said you started in, there was a little bit of background though, because you started down a couple of paths and you did, to me, you did exactly what people should do in college. You explored a few options. So tell us a little bit about your story real quick before they answer that question. Yeah, so when I first started college, I was going to my local community college um, and I was a physical therapy major. I always knew that I wanted to help people. I just wasn't quite sure how I wanted to do that. So um, my mom is in the medical field, so I thought, okay, medical field. So I chose to start out in physical therapy. Um, I later realized that even with being a physical therapist, you may be exposed to like bodily fluids and <laughs> I, I just can't really stomach that very well. So I realized that probably was not the career path for me. Um, so next, I was like, okay, what's something else that is always going to be around? I always was thinking longevity. I want a career that no matter what is going on, I'm a, my degree or my specialty will be needed. So I started in business administration. If you have a business, you're going to need someone to help you run it, um, whether it's through HR or just getting it off the ground, making business plans. Um, as I was going through the business program, I realized it was mathematic heavy. I'm not an analytical person. 
I'm more of a critical thinker, so math was not my strong suit. Um, so I started hey, doing a little bit of research. If give mommy one second. Thank you. Come back um, so I realized I wanted to do something that could help people and that would give me a lot of different options to do so. so <laughs> I'm sorry, I got distracted. We gotta see him full play. <laughs> All right. Hey cutie. How you doing? So your mom has answered some great questions. We're yeah. glad to have you. <laughs> so I ended out in sociology, long story short, because um, when I was researching the degree field, I could go into therapy, social working. I could go into um, working with schools, working with hospitals. So it gave me a lot of different options of different ways to help people. So that's how I ended up in sociology. Awesome. So I want to pass this on to um, Dr. Tart. I'm going to have you be the first one to answer because she, she, she talked about some sociology and potentially psychology, et cetera. She wants to help people and she mentioned even social work. So what, what are your thoughts? What, and then wait a minute, Dasha, you had a specific question for Dr. Tart. Remember she actually said, um, how do you, when you're trying to help people and they're telling you their problems, how do you separate those two things? Like how do you keep a, you know, distance? So how do you not let, let it take you down? Um, great question. Absolutely great question. I think that one of the first things that I, I learned in trying to do this is that I have to recognize my own stuff and get my stuff out of the way. That's what my ther therapist told me. So um, to be mindful of transference and counter-transference, everybody comes with something. So what you really want to understand is that when an individual comes, your first line of defense is to do no harm. So in doing that, if you realize that this individual is coming to you with something that is well beyond your scope, don't be afraid to make, when you get there, don't be afraid to make a referral. But I don't want to get into the clinical stuff in that regard. Your question was, how do you separate your stuff from their stuff? Understand that everybody comes with something, okay? If, if there is a particular triggerer, during your studies, I'm certain that you uh, recognize that there were processes that you could go to to separate things. You're going to use that a lot in the field of psychology if it is that you choose to be a therapist, okay? You're going to be able, you, you, you're, you will be confronted regularly. So the effort there is to realize that as the, as the client comes in, the first line of defense is to do no harm. The second then is to recognize that he or she could potentially press a button. So you have to be prepared to know how to separate and be confident in the fact that you really do know how to put that your stuff aside if they if, if a trigger is pressed and to recognize that client that's sitting before you needs what he or she believes that you can help them to do whatever it is that they need to do. So be confident. I think one of the people who was talking to you early on is to be confident in the decisions that as you're going for. And if you don't know something, sweetheart, just say, I don't know that I can get back with you. Okay. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. So for everyone else, let me give you like a two minute, give us, give us a really quick, can I see everyone else? Nathan, thank you very much. So give me a real quick, not your whole story. We just going to get the nuggets of like, what would you share with someone else who's in this space of trying to decide what they want to do? So quick little nugget, start with you, Lenika, really fast. What would you say? Uh, Cause I want to get through, I want to try to get most of the topics covered at least minimally. So this is about sure. career, career sure. choice. What advice would you share? I would say, um, do something that you're passionate about. Do something that you enjoy doing. So, because if you don't, you're not going to, as you see, like, you know, how you went with your different um, trades and your different majors, you're not, you have to be passionate about it. So I think do some soul searching and figure out what you like doing and what you're most passionate about. And then that should lead you into the career of your choice. Love it, love it, love it. So let me just build on what she just said. Um, there is something, Dasha, um, it's actually called ikigai. It's a Japanese term that relates to like basically how to live your best life. And so what she just said is one aspect of that is finding something that you love to do, finding something that you're good at. There's four pieces of it. Finding something that you love to do, finding something that you're good at, finding something that um, you can actually make a contribution to the world. 
and meaning there's a need for it, and then you can get paid. That's the profession side of it. I got three of the four, y'all. I'm trying to get paid to help a sister out. No, I'm just joking. So I actually transitioned out of corporate America because I knew that I actually wanted to make the world a better place. And when you ask the question, hey, what do you do when you experience, you know, these microaggressions in, in business, for example? You're like the literally hundreds of young people have asked me questions like that. And the truth is we have to change things. It's not good enough to say bounce, you know, leave if, if that's happening to you. No, we can actually change things. So I've actually kind of endeavored. That's one of the things that I'm doing is figuring out how do we actually change things and I actually know how to do it. And I'm actually working on a path to actually move forward. So for me, I'm super passionate about helping people. So one of them is helping people to live their best life. That's the bigger than me side of this process, but the other part is actually achieving racial equity and inclusion. So I'm going to work in multiple angles here. And so for me, finding something you love, something you can do that you do well, that's easy for you. You know, Deepak Chopra in that book I mentioned, he talks about the law of uh, loose effort. People, you know, minimize that concept, but the law of loose effort is birds don't try to fly. Fish don't try to swim. That's what they do. This right here, connecting with people and talking, this is what I do. I could talk, I have 50 interviews back to back and my energy level gets higher and higher. Some people are like drained. This is what I do. Connecting, conversations, the documentation, this is what I do. So I'm doing what I love, what I was meant to do. I think there's a place for it and now I just gotta figure out how to get paid for it. If you need a coach on happiness, <laughs> you need an equity and inclusion coach, I'm your one. Okay, show me my people. So the other, uh, Rachel Green, I'm gonna have you also answer that question from a career perspective. Yeah. Uh, what would you recommend for Ms. Dasha? And I have been there, Dasha. I used to be a network engineer. So the way that I transitioned, um, because the, there were some aspects of being a network engineer that I didn't like. I wasn't around people. I was in the test lab all week with computers. I don't like that, but I did like technology. So I worked with a business, with a coach who, who helped me. What do I love about my job? What kind of job would I feel fulfilled in? What things do I want to do over and over again daily? Like, what, what does that day look like for me? And then we backed into, then we did some personality tests, and then we backed into what feels work for what I want for an ideal day for me. And that's how I got into project management. So my I would say start the same path. Start with what, what you love to do. What's your ideal day? I don't, I'm not an early morning person. I don't want to be in your office at 6 a.m. Like, do, you know, decide what you like and what works for you and then find the role or the experience that fulfills that. I love it, love it, love it. Thank you so much. Coach A.M. Williams in the house. Same question. Can you give Dasha some advice around career, making the right choices, exploring these options? Sure. Well, I'll say um, I'm reminded of a quote by Jim Rohn. Jim Rohn said, you don't get paid for the hour. You get paid for the value you bring to the hour. So it's super important that you understand what your value is to an organization, to an industry. Um, the way that you do that is you have got to, first of all, understand your own value. And how do you get to that? You have to ask yourself four questions. The first one is, what is it that you want? What is it you want, not for a career, but what do you want for life? What is it that you really want? What is it that you have a burning desire to do? Um, and it's key that it has to be a burning desire because if it's not, you'll quit. The second thing is you have to ask yourself, what does this thing give me that's important to me? What does it give me that's important to me? Now you're connecting your values. You have an emotional connection with it. Anything that lacks an emotional connection cannot get into your core thoughts, your core beliefs, or your habits. And success is not so much about what you do as it is what you do daily. So you want your success to be habitual. And the way that you do it is understanding gives you what does this thing give you that's important to you. And the third question is, how will I know when I've got it? You got to have a vision, a vision for where it is you want to go and what it is that you want to do the impact that you want to make. Why is a vision so important? Because your feet will never take you where your mind has never been. You got to have a vision for what it is that you desire for your life. And then for, fourth, you have to decide who do I need to become to make it real? What, who, who do I need to be to make the vision that I have for myself real? 
And as you do that, you will pick a career that actually supports the life you desire rather than trying to pick a career that will pay your bills. Oh, I love it, love it, and love it. I love it when I see the heads nodding. I'm like, see, those are my, these are those, those amen moments. So, Dasha, I'm going back to our conversation, which was very brief. It was just a couple of days ago, and I'm just thrilled that we were able to pull together this, this quality of individuals. Just so that you know, I have so many people who said yes, yes, yes. I couldn't fit them all on the flyer, couldn't fit them all on this time. So we're definitely going to continue this conversation and continue this into uh, future shows and future sessions. So thank you for that. One of the questions you asked me, so I'm going to kind of transition, pivot a little bit during our conversation, as you said, and, and I actually want to be married someday. Tell us about that. Tell us a little bit more about that question. You said, I want to be married once. I want to be married for a long time. So how do we make sure we make that happen? Now, there's no guarantees. We got some people who, who can t tell that story too. There's lessons in the non-guarantee part, but tell us about that question a little bit. Um, with me being a millennial, I kind of come from a generation where the idea of marriage is lost. <laughs> they don't, most of us don't get the value in being able to build and maintain a bond that is a marriage. So for those who are married or who have been married in the past, what are some key takeaways that either you attribute to your success of your marriage or you may have thought was the reason you are no longer married? Gotcha. So I'm going to I'm gonna actually direct this conversation first to Miss Rachel Green, only because the first book that I read of hers in Ignite, the, is Inner Warrior, Inner Goddess? <gasps> Ignite, your, ignite the, the modern goddess. The modern goddess. There you go. The modern goddess. You have to talk about a divorce. You talk about a little situation. Yeah, that's what I'm laughing. Gonna... I'm like, that's not a marriage question. Hey, oh, yeah. I'm coming I'm least qualified. You're the most qualified. There's such good lessons in that. So tell us, what lesson did you get out of that, out of your divorce? Let me tell you this, Dasha. I, and I recommend when, um, when I um, went through this failed marriage and I um, started therapy shortly after I, my divorce, my therapist re recommended a book called um, How to Spot uh, a Dangerous Man Before You Get Involved. And um, it, it's for men and women. And I learned some really key dating um, things to, uh, that I, had, I just didn't know. Um, even at my age, um, at that point, I, I hadn't learned. So I suggest you pick up that book. And I suggest anyone who's um, about to date or is dating, pick up that book because they humans give us cues about who they are. And I think um, Anika mentioned it earlier, believe people when they show you who they are. I'm an eternal optimist and I always see the greatness in people. And what I learned in that book is um, my optimism was stopping me from seeing people as they truly are. So some pe people have the opportunity or they have goodness inside of them, but the choice that the choices that they make to do good or to do bad are personal choices. And although I want the best for everyone and I want them to be their best selves, I can't make people make good choices and I can't make them be their best, best selves. So you really have to approach the world with an open eye and the best gift you can give someone is to see them for exactly who they are not who you wish they are would be not who you think they could be in the future for exactly who they are in this present moment that's what i learned from my failed marriage y'all can I, can you understand why i have each of y'all on this call do you, do you see do you understand and, and there's so many other lessons learned over this three years that i've been doing this show when i say another drop the mic moment when Rachel first told me that, I got on a call with uh, Natasha, who we're going to actually have another session with her as well. I read the book. I read the book and then the book on top of the book. There's a whole workbook that goes with the book. I was like, wow, am I that naive? So we're going to do a whole other session on that, Dasha. But that's huge. It, it, it is huge. And when you think about the archetypes and the people and the, the various things, it's, it's a definitely a, a valuable um, a follow-up for sure. Um, again, her question was about marriage. And I know, Jessica, you said you're um, divorced as right. well. Mm -hmm. And you have some great lessons from that experience as well and some follow-up relationships. So just talking general, generically, about yeah. what lesson learned would you share with Dasha about relationships, marriage, and being happy? 
Well, I think in terms of marriage, um, this is a funny thing, but my aunt, who's 93 now, or she's almost 93, she told me when I was married and when my mother-in-law was coming from abroad to live with us after when I was pregnant with my second child, do not live with your mother-in-law. And mm. I had heard uh, from her, you know, her horror stories, but, you know, these are like different cultures, our culture versus my ex-husband's culture. I thought, okay, they're much more laid back. They're not, you know, they don't have all these... Um, ancient, you know, things that they're going to impose on me. Well, it turned out to still be true. There's just certain thing about living with your mother-in-law. I'm sure people have done it successfully, but I would never do it again. And I really think my family was also very in the mix in that time. And it just wasn't the best thing. We weren't able to establish our own identity totally as a couple with children. And I had just started a business which became successful, but there was a lot of different pressures. So I think, you know, just be sure you're bringing family in. You're not, no one's isolating each other from each other's families, but at the same time to still have your boundaries as a couple, if that is important to you. And I think for me, it is if I ever get married again. Um, and uh, the other thing is, I think just to really communicate and sometimes over communicate. I think that we kind of lost that. My ex-husband and I, as time went on. And I think if we had been able to uh, more consistently communicate effectively, it could have worked. You know, it's not one of those situations where I think, oh my gosh, he's, you know, he's such a horrible person. It never could have worked. Um, at the same time, you know, we all make choices that make it hard for it to work sometimes. And, and I think that that happens too. And I think no matter what, just know that you'll be okay. You know, there's plenty of people that go through situations that work out or don't work out. I think at some points I really doubted internally whether I would be okay. But, you know, we're not supposed to stay in situations in life that aren't meant for us and that are no longer serving our, you know, our inner peace or our inner soul. And once you try to work on that and that's not there, you know, honor, honor that and um, realize that there's there's reasons why the same message keeps coming to you if you're trying your best and being an earnest, you know, good oh. person in the situation. Wow. Isn't that beautiful? You guys are each so lovely. I honestly feel like the luckiest woman in the world. And I say that genuinely. I say it a lot but I say it with such a genuine heartfelt, just grace. I'm just lucky and blessed and thankful to do this work and to be able to connect with each of you in, in, in this way. So thank you for sharing that. That was so beautiful. Uh, Lanika, you said you're going through a divorce right now. Yes. Um, so lesson learned. lesson learned. My, my current husband, I mean, he's still my husband. We've known each other since sixth grade, best friends. I will say lesson learned is to piggyback kind of what Rachel and Jessica was saying, you can't change anybody. You are supposed to grow as two individuals. You're supposed to grow as a couple, but you can't change anything. You can't force nothing. Um, and also you both have to be working on your best self. One can't be working on themselves and the other one's not. It's just, it just has to be a uniform unit together and I encourage you to do counseling, premarital counseling, counseling while you're married. Um, also learn your love language, read the book, the five different love languages. That is important for you to understand who you are, what you like, what your love language is, and kind of, you know, know how to recognize others. And that way you guys can communicate with each other and, build because you're supposed to grow at the end of the day you can't change people but you're supposed to grow i love it love it love it so jessica i know you had to leave early you were supposed to end up the first show you stayed on this yeah well, I, enjoyed it. I wanted to participate as much as possible i'm so glad you did great for me too so before i go to the two married people at the top jerry bird and, and am i want to ask you do you have any final words you want to share with dasha before uh before you have to leave us um, I, I just think she's an extremely, from what I can tell, she's an extremely um, centered person already. I don't think I was nearly there at that age. And um, I, you know, I know you're going to go really far in your life. And, you know, if I can personally offer any insight, I also think obviously something like given the sociology background and just how you express yourself, I think you could definitely, you know, I'm not a psychologist, but I would imagine you could do something like that. But I also think you could do law. You express yourself really well and I can spot I taught law school, I can spot when young people can do it. And there's just some people that at least if we're talking about litigation, it just wouldn't happen because they're not comfortable enough with their self-expression. So if I can offer anything, let me know. 
Um, but I also think that's another uh, potential area that might be something you want to look into. Thank you so much. Love it, love it, love it. Wow, this is this has been amazing. Thank you so much, Jessica. Okay, thank you. Uh-huh. Bye, thank everyone. You. <laughs> thank you. So, Dr. Jerry Bird Tart, her question specifically was related to marriage, relationships. How do you avoid divorce? How do you stay happy in a relationship? What would you share on that topic? Well, young people, I've been one who's been uh, divorced and remarried. Okay, so. Um, as it relates to the things that have been said already, we can't change anybody. But you know, one thing that I can say emphatically, don't ever go into a relationship, whether you're first dating or if you're preparing to get married, leave fear out of it. You can't go into a healthy relationship being fearful that you aren't enough or believing that this is this person is going to, uh, what was it that they said in? Complete me? Yeah, complete you. <laughs> that's, that's not true. That you are a whole individual. You bring to the table what you bring. And and um, I think it was uh, uh, Rachel who said something about uh, be uh, hear what the person is saying. And knowing what that individual is saying, sometimes we want to say, well, I see the potential, but do they see the potential, okay? Because we can't change anyone, be clear about where you are. And communication is critical. And by that, I mean, I mean, I know that sometimes we can just talk, but it's not just about that. Can you hear what the other person is saying? And if you don't, then tell them what you heard, okay? As we, uh, there's a concept called crossing the bridge. And what she talks about is, can you hear that person naked without, your, without any judgment or, or being condescending or blaming or whatever. Can you do that? And do you believe that they can do that for you? If we can be clear about recognizing that each individual is accountable for choice, if you aren't comfortable, then say that. If, you're, if your love language, as uh, Shelly was saying, is different from theirs, then are you, are you aware enough of that, that you believe that you can love that person the way that you want to be loved? And can you incorporate their love language into yours if it's different? But the, but if you in, in communication, particularly, be clear about where you're going. Don't presume and or assume. Don't believe that it's that you if, if you didn't hear it, then say that. If you didn't understand it, then say that. And if that's become conflictual, then don't go any further until you've been able to resolve that. I'm very serious about that. And and more than anything else, you cannot go into the relationship being afraid. You're enough. And if it's not enough for the person that you love or that you believe that you love, that you love, if he doesn't believe that it's enough or that individual doesn't believe that it's enough, then that's not where you need to be, sweetheart, if you don't want to be in a toxic relationship. Love it, love it, and love it. Look at that. <laughs> love it, love it, love it. Coach A.M. Williams. Bringing the masculine energy into this space, what advice, what words of wisdom, what nuggets of learning would you share on this idea of being married and being in a relationship and being happy? At the risk of being controversial, I will say this. We like controversy. Personal responsibility. Not rely on personal. Rely, not rely on anyone to make you happy. Make your own self happy. Take personal responsibility for the way you feel about yourself. Because there will be times that this person will disappoint you. Okay? With that, I will say, abandon perfection. (coughs) Abandon perfection and seek authenticity. Seek authenticity. Abandon perfection. Perfection comes from the whole concept of something we were taught when we were children, which was learning how to be good. Let perfection go. There is no such thing. But seek authenticity. And how do you seek it? By being it. Radiate it. Radiate on that level of authenticity and you will attract like for you. It's not so much about a person, you know, whatever it is you desire in a person, vibrate on that vibrate on that level and you'll attract that person to you but seek authenticity if you have authenticity everything else can come. 
out. But as long as a person, if you if you're seeking anything else, it's going to be very uphill. But just take responsibility over the way you feel about yourself. Follow your desires, and be authentic. And as long as you're doing that, you can attract only good to your life. Mm. Only good. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. I know we were talking earlier. Um, we were talking about books that we love. And Lanika, Shelly, you mentioned uh, The Secret. And you just said, you just used the words, Coach, about attracting, you know, goodness oh, into your life, right? This power of attraction. Dr. Todd, you want to share a little bit about the power of attraction and why that's so important for anyone, anywhere, no matter what you're trying to accomplish? Uh, I think that it's critical because what we, and I say this often, uh, Tracy, what we feed will grow. What we're thinking about is going to be manifested. We may feel it first, but if you can take that feeling back to a thought, you're going to see what you're thinking about and be mindful of what you're thinking about. Think about what you're thinking about. Don't just discard it and just say, oh, I don't know why that happened. Oh, yep, yes, you do. Okay, be mindful of that. And the power of attraction has to do with if that's what you want. If, if you are focused, just as uh, Tracy uh, has been talking about the, the books that she's written, this, this, this opportunity that she has undertaken, and the, and the, and the experience that, she, that occurred in order for her to get to where she's gotten. And now that she's here, it's like, wow, this is the best thing that has happened. But the seed was planted long before it germinated. I mean, it, it, she planted this seed some time ago. She understood that this is some of the this is the thing that she is. One of the things that I know for sure uh, is that that thing that you have such that you're drawn to, that thing that you have such a love for, you can do it and you, you just don't seem to get tired of it. That thing is for you and you're going to tr attract that. Pay attention, pay attention to, to, to the world around you and don't be afraid when that attraction occurs, don't be afraid of it. Going back to what Rachel has said, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid that it's going to bring you success. Don't be afraid that, uh, oh, well, what if, what if, what, what if I fail? Well, what if you don't? Go give, give it to lean into it. And, and another thing is to be visual. I'm big with visual aids. So get it out of your head, put it on a board or paper or whatever, write it on a tablet. This is what the scripture tells us to do, okay? My people perish for lack of vision. So if, if that thing is there and that law of the law of attraction says that if you're invested in it, it's going to come to fruition and you're going to see it. Mm, I love it, love it, love it. So we're, we're, can you believe we only have 12 minutes left? Mm -mm -mm. <laughs> Fastest hour of the entire life, right? It's, that's why I can do that. I love this. I just love doing this. I love, love, love doing it. Joshua, how are you liking it so far? So far, it's good. I've learned a lot of things. And I think the most important thing is a lot of the things everyone has touched on is things I'm like slowly starting to realize. So it makes me feel good, like I'm on the right path. <laughs> good. I love that. I love it. So guys, what I want to ask you to do now, and Dasha, I'm going to have you close. So just as you start thinking, I want you to think of the last, I don't know, five top three things that you got. That's how we're going to end the show. Top three things that you want to take forward or that you'd like to share into the universe for those who are watching. Is that comfortable? Comfortable with that? That's how we're going to end. But in the meantime, you good? I got thumbs up. Got thumbs up. <laughs> so in the meantime, what I want to ask you guys to do is really quickly, I mean, all, what I've heard you guys talk about is this idea of like, each of you believe you could do anything. Like we, we, have, we have no fear. We're going to do it afraid. We may be afraid. We're going to do it anyway, right? <laughs> you know, the first book I wrote in was Ignite Happiness. So all of you have this idea of joy. Second book I wrote in that, that's actually launching December 11th, Dr. Tart. <laughs> it's called Ignite Inner Spirit. The third book that I'm actually project leading is actually called Ignite Possibilities. And it's really about all those things that's possible. So my question to each of you right now is this idea of what's possible. Can you pause? And then, and then Dr. Tart, you just mentioned the the vision how important it is for us to visualize things so i want each of you and dasha i'm gonna have you do this exercise as well but think about what you want people to say about you when you're 90. say you say your last day is 190 you know they're gonna have all kind of medical things but say you fast forward to 100 100 plus plus years old and you're sitting in heaven looking down at your own funeral what do you want people to say about you? And what are you doing right now to, to get there? And Rachel, you're nodding your head, so I'm going to ask you that question. What do you want people to say about you? And what are you doing right now? How are you being intentional right now to, yeah. to get there? 
That, that's one you can ask me, Tracy. <laughs> um, I, I once heard a guy say, we, we spend the first halves of our lives trying to be successful and the second half of our lives trying to be significant. And I am in what I believe is the second half of my life. And I have identified my superpower as love. And so what I want my legacy to be or what I want people to say when I'm in the ground and they're standing over me or for however long I have left on this earth is to say that she left nothing undone. She lived full out and she put it all on the table. I want to go into the ground empty. I want to live so that my superpower permeates and fills this world. And my superpower is love. So I, I, I wish for you, I hope for you, that you will, um, have the opportunity in this lifetime to identify what your superpower is and then live and play full out. Don't leave nothing undone. You are, a, you are a beautiful soul. God created you for a reason. And do not leave this earth with something inside of you. Put it all out on the table. Mm, mm, mm. I am so loving this, right? Oh, my goodness. Lanika Shelley Williams in the house. Same question for you, right? You're fast forwarding to your 90. Think about what is that one thing you want people to say about you? And what are you doing right now to ensure that that happens okay so first off i want people to tell the truth when they at my funeral you know how sometimes you go to people's funeral and you be like wait a minute don't be lying in church but no i want people to honestly say that i was a good person i put good into the world i was a great mom um that i prove people wrong because i've been hearing my whole life i cannot save the world and I cannot change the world, but I know I can. So I want the one thing to be is be like, you know what? She was right. She did change the world. Mm, I love it. I love it. I love it. And, and um, Dr. Jerry Burtart, coming to you, what do you want people to say about you at the end of your life? And, and, and what are you doing right now to ensure that we get there? I was going to say love, but I'm going to say that too, Rachel. I want to say what Shelly said too. But I really <laughs> want to say that uh, I, 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 I look at my grandchildren now and I think about that. Um, and I look at my, my children and, and, and my family. And I want to say that that word, the one word that comes to mind is that she was available. I want to be a servant and I want to, I want, I want to be able, and I pray that, that, that my, my end goal is that she was a servant as God would have her to be. And and he can say, well done. That I, I want to be available. I mean, I want that word to be a to be um not necessarily on my tombstone, but I want my legacy to say that she was available and she gave it all. She gave it all. Dr. Tart, can I can I just say right now, that is absolutely one word that I would say about you, because as you know, I've been going on this journey. I, I was needing someone who believed right in the possible what was possible believe that we could change the world i was a little naive right in believing that it might change for me but i know that we can change the world like i knew that we could do that and you've been available every step of the way and that's one word i would say to you without even hesitation so it's, it's beautiful that you say that this book that we've been writing these, these these videos that we've been doing all of this work you've been available anytime and every time i'm like dr Shaw, you know you're always available welcome to come on the show and, and i have i don't think there's one time when i said that, when i specifically i always say you're open to come but i don't think there was ever one time where i said can you come on this day that you didn't say let me see what i let me see what i can do rearrange, rearrange my schedule <laughs> to get there Right. And I was like, no, 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 don't rearrange. No, I was just asking if you're available. You get available. So I just want you to know how lucky I feel. Like, I feel like you're one of those divine individuals who kind of help keep me on track. And like when things happen and you talk about the secret and things line up for your good, you're one of those angels that line up for my good that I'm like, okay, I know God, God is with me because he said Jerry, Jerry Bertart to, to, to be in my corner. Each of you, I feel that way. I'm serious. Like, it doesn't happen. Dasha, when you reached out and you said, hey, I want people to pour into me, I'm like, oh, you just reignited my purpose. I've been doing it, but some people don't want it. Some people don't want it. Like, this equity and inclusion work, I literally was on a call on Saturday, 
And and the lady who one of the ladies that I know who went to Congress, she said she 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 went to Congress, um, you know, freshman in the space, and she said, you know, obviously the Democrats were wearing masks, seventy percent of the Republicans were not, and then she said they started talking about equity, and she said there was a line outside the door, people lining up to say that there really are no problems. And she's like, you wouldn't believe the people who say there's there's no issue with equity and inclusion in America. <laughs> there's no racial inequities. <laughs> People don't get it. And it's like, oh, help me, Jesus. So, Dr. Todd, I just wanted you to say it, it, it fills my cup to know, like, when it gets hard, when this work gets super hard, it fills my cup to know that you're just always there. Rachel, you are always there. You guys leaning in. Coach AM, you're like, I'm there with your sister. Let's do this thing. Let's change the world. So it matters when you have people like you that are, that are in this space and doing this work. So let me just say thank you, thank you, and thank you. Coach AM, same question. I think I even forgot the question at this moment. <laughs> You're, gonna, you're 90 years old, Coach AM, and you, you, you're looking down in, from heaven. What, what do you want people to say about you, and what are you doing right now to get those results? Well, and if I'm still alive, I would like for them to say he's supposed to work every day, and he's still, the best is still to come. If I am passed away, then they could say that he is, was a man of value. He was a man of value, and he provided value to everyone he met. Mm, I love that. Ms. Dasha, have you thought about what you want people to say about you at the end of your days? Um, yes. So there's two things that I would like people to say about me. Um, the first one is she was right. I historically get underestimated in my capabilities. So many people told me after I got pregnant with Sky in the middle of my sophomore year, I would never graduate. I proved them wrong yesterday. Um, I was always told that, um, I wasn't smart. And it's like, yeah, I, I'm not book smart, but I'm street smart. I will figure some things out. And I love to read. And I'll, so I'll figure it out in the books, too. So it may take me a little bit longer, but at the end of the day, I'm always going to reach my goal. And the second thing I want people to say about me is that I was a solid individual. No matter what, I'm not afraid to have tough conversations. I'm not afraid to meet people where they are. I just want to be there for people, support and love them the way they need to be loved and just always be that person that they can count on. So that would be the two things I would want people to say about me. Dasha, I love you so much. You see the you see everybody loving you up. We got one minute left. What are the final words you want to share? Any little lessons learning, nuggets from this experience that you want to put back out into the universe? 30 seconds, he's going to be out of time. So say something good and we okay, hang. So <laughs> my biggest takeaway is what Dr. Tart said about protecting your power or I like to say all the time, protecting my energy, not allowing people who are not on my vibration plane to penetrate the feel that I've created for myself and just how important that is in mm. all aspects of life and personal thank growth. You. So that is thank my you. biggest takeaway. Thank you, thank you, thank you. This was so amazing, guys. Thank you so much. We're out of time. This is Tracy Harrell. It's bigger than me. <laughs> yeah.